You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Extension Agent for Family and Community Health, and this is the Extension Hour. We talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships, and we are just really excited to have a great partner with us today. We have um, representatives from the American Heart Association, and we have a lot to cover today, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. So to start out with, I'd like for each one of you to introduce yourselves and uh, kind of what, what you do and just say hi to everybody. We'll start with you, Emily. Perfect. Yeah. Hello, my name is Emily Gordon. I'm a Community Impact Director with the American Heart Association serving the Gulf Coast area, including Montgomery County. My name is Tracy Van Ostrand. I'm the Vice President of the Gulf Coast uh, Division for the American Heart Association. I'm Kristen Alfin. I'm actually an Executive Vice President with Woodforest National Bank, but I'm the immediate past chair of the Montgomery County Board and the current board chair or current board member, sorry, for the newly expanded Gulf Coast Board. Okay, so this is um, here in at Lone Star Radio, right? So we're in Conroe, in downtown Conroe. So Emily, you did actually work in for Montgomery County Hospital District for a while, right? I did for a yep. little bit. Uh, I started off at the Public Health District and uh, did grant coordination and moved over to the American Heart Association. So Conroe's kind of old stomping ground for you, right? Yeah, I'm yep. actually born and raised in Montgomery County. I started off in the Woodlands and then moved up to Conroe right after uh, graduating with my master's and then have stayed in the area. Okay. And Kristen, where are you located at? I live in Conroe. Oh, perfect. So I'm yeah. right off 1488 and then, but office in the Woodlands. Okay. And Tracy, how about you? I live in Humble, mm-hmm. but we handle the whole Gulf Coast. So right. Cypress, all the way up through Montgomery County, Conroe, as well as uh, Humble and Bay Area and Galveston. Okay. So yeah, and you guys cover a, a large area. So you were just like in the Gulf Coast region but American Heart Association obviously is everywhere. So um, Tracy, tell us a little bit about the mission of the American Heart Association. Yeah, the the mission is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. And so we really want to make sure that we are talking about all those different areas and ways that we can make that happen for our community and really, really dig into that. Um, Emily, I'm going to just turn it over to you so you can talk about that impact goal, though, since you're on the community impact team. Yes, absolutely. So at the American Heart Association, we have our 2024 impact goal, uh, which is us believing that every person deserves the opportunity for having a full and healthy life. And so as champions of health equity, by 2024, the American Heart Association will advance cardiovascular health for all. And so this includes identifying and removing barriers to healthcare access and quality. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to interrupt you for just a second. So, um, Kristen, you work in, in banking, so yes. sometimes, um, you know, someone comes in and they're like, I don't understand how this account thing works. So when we're talking about American Heart Association, right, so so the, the things that they said sound good, important, yeah. <laughs> but for, you know, for some folks, like, what, is that, what does that mean? So how would you boil that down for someone? 
It means really what we're here to do is just help people make better decisions about the health of their life mm -hmm. and give them education, tools, tricks, and really just look out for the well-being of your neighbor, of your friend, of your coworker. And that's really what the AHA is here to do is just be that relentless force, like she said, across the country, across the world for better health. And so it's kind of as simple as that, even though it sounds complicated when you draw it all out, right? Sure, yeah. But, okay, so it's American Heart Association. So when we're talking about health, we're talking specifically about things related to heart, but heart's connected to the whole body, right? So yep. talk a little bit more about that for me. No, absolutely. You know, it's, it's American Heart, but it's also American Stroke Association as well. Ah. So we really are looking at that full scope of the body, and it's why we focus so much on nutrition as well as good decisions that people are making for their body and um, awareness for hypertension and their numbers. So we really are trying to look at the whole scope of, of what that lifestyle looks like and really break down those barriers between different areas and, and to talk really about that 2024 impact goal, making sure that people who live in different zip codes still have the same access that everyone has in every zip mm -hmm. code, right? We don't want sure. there to be a, a difference in life expectancy, and there is. We've identified that in different areas, even here in, in Greater Houston. Um, so really, truly staying hyper-focused on these areas and, and constantly teach and train and educate on, on better lifestyles and help them kind of bridge those gaps. Okay, and so that, and that's related to the health equity Mm -hmm. for all, which you said, you know, means no barriers. So everyone can enjoy a full, healthy life. So why does this make sense for the American Heart Association? So I'll just add to say that the heart is at the center of everything. It's at the center of the American Heart Association and it's at the center of every, every person's life. And so having health equity makes sense for the American Heart Association because it touches every person. And we don't wanna just ensure that everyone gets the same things, we wanna ensure that they get those things in an equitable way. And so we wanna look at the disparities that are happening in our local community and address those to ensure that everyone has access to what they need to tend to their heart, to tend to their lives, and to ensure that they're able to live a long, healthy, sustainable life. And so when you're talking in terms of, of equity, t tell me what that looks like for different communities. Right, so looking at equity is understanding and breaking down the constructs of different communities. And so trying to see how they function and work and what works for one community may not work for another community. And for example, within Montgomery County, looking at Conroe and the community and the demographics in Conroe might vary than that compared to the Woodlands area. They're so close in proximity, but they're different. There's a different median income, for example. And so that means we have to look at the equity between that. What does it mean for a median income to be different across two different communities? And how can we address that to ensure that we're helping those people in the community in the way in which they need help? So tell me, what are some of the inequities that you see and address? Right, I, I think one of the biggest things that we do see is uh, how different health statistics. So for example, we still see inequities related to food security. Mm. For example, in Montgomery County, uh, in accordance to county health rankings, 13% of our population does not have access to healthy, nutritious food on a regular basis. And so that is something we look at because we can't expect someone to 
have the most healthy life if they don't even have access to their most basic need. And food is one of your most basic needs. And so those are one of the, the inequities that we do look at and trying to understand where the food deserts within our community lie as well. Uh, East County has more needs than that of parts of our West County. And so looking at and understanding where those food deserts are so we can build partnerships with community members in order to address that inequity and bring food to the people that need food the most. Okay, so um, has uh, COVID-19 played an impact <laughs> on <laughs> equity? <laughs> I know, yes. There's a leading question. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. COVID-19 has really exposed things that were already existing, but it's shown us what we really do need to focus on and highlight because of the pandemic. A lot of things shut down. People had even less access to the things they need, food being uh, an example of that. And so with COVID-19, we really did see how the community was impacted. But these are things that existed before the pandemic. Mm. The pandemic just shine, shine a light on all of that. Right. And so um, what about racial differences? Are there issues there? Yes, absolutely. So uh, in terms of our women's health strategy, for example, uh, we've been able to note that African-American women are at an increased risk for heart disease and hypertension and preeclampsia as well and so we try to look at that and understand where those inequities lie that way when we're creating programs we're creating something that's appropriate for all communities or we target it for a specific community because they might need a little more help than another community all right so what are social determinants of health yeah. what does that mean <laughs> Sounds, I, sounds, it's another one of those fancy terms, right? Right, absolutely. And if you're in the world of public health, uh, you probably hear that term all the time. And I'm so proud of the public health community for really amplifying that message and that need. And so the social determinants of health speak to the social constructs that impact our health. Help isn't as simple as uh, the numbers at the doctor's office or the number on the scale or what my blood count is. Your health is all inclusive of every aspect of your life and it's dynamic and it flows and it changes. And as simple as where you're living can define your health. And as Tracy mentioned, zip code is something that's really imperative uh, to determining our health as well. And so we see people that are living, um, I'll say in 77384, the Woodlands zip code, they're going to have a higher life expectancy than some of those individuals that might be residing in our East County. And it's just a difference of zip code and it's abstracting all of this data and information and finding patterns to show that where you live and where your immediate community is may be impacting your health as well. And so that's what the social determinants of health speak to. All of the abstract ideas around your health that you might not most immediately think of. And so those determinants kind of relate back to what we were just talking about in terms of health equity, right? So if you've got some of these determinants and some of the, you don't have some of these, then maybe you're, that equity scale, you're gonna fall in a different place than someone who um, experiences challenges in all of those determinants or doesn't really have to deal with all of those determinants. Mm -hmm. And that uh, relates back to that equity. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that the American Heart Association is doing and, and um, related to, um, especially when we talk about a cardiovascular 
disease and those kinds of things. Uh, but we're going to take our first break and we're going to come back in just a few minutes and um, talk some more. And we're going to like want to give some tips for people like how can you, uh, you know, so regardless of where you're at, what zip code you live in, what can you do for your own health and those kinds of things. So we'll be back right after this. This is Extension Hour right here on Lone Star Radio and we'll be right back. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936 936- 539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Vell Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit, began in 2014 with a mission to strengthen the future of veterans through leadership and entrepreneurship training. We've invested over 1,400 hours of training in our veterans while connecting them with community entrepreneurs and leaders. Our mission is to continue investing in our veterans who have given so much for our country. Please join us on our mission by visiting velinstitute.org. That's velinstitute.org. Welcome back to the Extension Hour, where we talk about our people, our programs, and our partnerships. And I just got to say something about people and, pro- and, and partnerships. So you guys like color coordinated today, and I'm the oddball, right? So I'm in blue, but I was just noticing the red and the black. You guys, so you look, you look wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we have Tracy Van Norstrand, who is the Vice President for Development of the Gulf Coast um, American Heart Association. We also have Emily Gordon, who is a Community Impact Director, and then we have Kristen Alfin, who I understand is a volunteer extraordinaire. So EVP for Wood Forest Bank, immediate past uh, president, uh, board chair for the Montgomery County American Heart Association and the current board member for the newly expanded Gulf Coast. So yeah, you guys, I'm I'm just honored to be in the room with with you guys. (laughs) Um, So we talked a lot in the first um, segment about you know, kind of the things that affect health and why American Heart Association does what they do. So trying to, to help people, basically. Um, so there is this thing called the four pillars of, of the American Heart Association, four pillars of, yes. t- tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, each community has different pillars that we focus on uh, in regard to community impact. And so there's more than four pillars, but within Montgomery County, we focus on Uh, four specific pillars. And for us, our primary focus is on hypertension, women's health, nutrition security, and congenital heart disease. And so the first of those is hypertension. And so hypertension being defined as high blood pressure or any blood pressure reading that exceeds a 120 over 80 uh, in terms of BP. And so we 
within the local community partner with our clinics to provide the tools and resources and guidelines to help them best inform and treat their patients. The second of our pillars uh, is women's health. And so this is all inclusive of how uh, health does impact women differently. It is different and health manifests in a different way in women. Uh, one of the best examples of this is when we look at heart attacks and the symptoms of a heart attack. In men, uh, they'll typically have a numbness or a tingling in their left arm. And that's a very good indicator that they're having a heart attack. However, in women, it's not the case, and it's more subtle differences. So for example, a woman could feel dizzy or tired, but these are things that aren't too obscure to, to think of, but something that small could actually be an indicator that a woman is having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. But in mainstream media, we're taught the symptoms that are that of a man yeah. and not of a woman. And so the American Heart Association we, we want to address that. We want women to know that while on the internal side things are pretty similar, the way that they're exposed and expressed, it is different. And historically, when we're looking at anatomy and physiology, it has been based off of that of men's health. And it's been the construct of a man as the example of the body, mm -hmm. not a woman. And so we want to change that. We want to look at women. We want to understand how women's health is different. And we want to address those differences. And this goes back to equity, as we mm -hmm. mentioned in the first piece. That's one way to make things equitable is between genders. Uh, and that... oh. Well, I was just going to take on the third one, um, sure. if that's yeah, okay, absolutely. just because it's, you know, it's kind of a little bit of passion of mine, but it's nutrition security. Mm -hmm. So most of us have heard food, food insecurity, right, which is that kind of disruption of food intake or eating patterns because of lack of money, lack of resources. But what the AHA's new priority is, is nutrition security, which is a lot broader than that food security, mm -hmm. which is actually ensuring healthy food consumption. And so... You know, when we look at food insecurity, 13% of Montgomery County is food insecure. And so you know that that nutrition insecurity is even higher than that based on just that alone, a statistic. But with the nutrition security, you know, and I won't give too much of what I know might come later, but we've been working with a lot of partners within Montgomery County to really ensure and bring this to light. Because even though we want our kids, our seniors to get the food, we also want to make sure that it's nutritious in order to protect their heart in mm -hmm. ways that they can't do by themselves. Right. So, and just, you know, a side, a side note on that too, um, because that's one of the things mm -hmm. that we address a lot in extension as well. I mean, we teach like basic nutrition mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you kind of assume that people just know how to eat healthy, but we, we really don't. Um, and then when you, sometimes there's this idea that people that don't, like if you don't have a lot of money to spend on food and you don't, like how could you how could you be obese mm -hmm. if you're not eating enough? But in some cases, that food insecurity causes that nutrition insecurity because you're going to eat, you know, and you don't know what you're going to eat. You may eat whatever there is to eat, and that's mm -hmm. probably not the most nutritious. Exactly. Food well, there. and yeah. to that point, you think about in you know Montgomery County Food Bank, right? If someone gets a box of food, it might have food in there. A they might have never seen. They don't know how to cook, mm -hmm. and they're just putting to the side and not using it, even though they're healthy food boxes, they might not know how to cook it or to use it in their everyday life. So it's 
it's a multitude that kind of grows and builds on, you know, all of that to get to that point. Sure, sure. Okay, and then, sorry, we digress, but I just <laughs> had to add some. So we, there's one more pillar and that there, we focus on in Montgomery County. There is, and it was newly added. Um, it is a congenital heart disease, and it is affecting the children, essentially. There is adult congenital heart disease, ACHD, but then there's also CHD. And a lot of the reasons why we did that is because we actually have two people on our team, on our development team, that are personally impacted and affected by it as well. So not only does CHD affect one in 100 babies born in the U.S., one of our development directors is one of those moms. Mm -hmm. So her son, CT, was um, the survivor story at our 2020 uh, heart ball in Montgomery County, and he, he spent his first nine months in the hospital. Mm. Was told he would not make it past a year, and he just uh, just had his fifth birthday and started kindergarten. So these things are so important to our team, but it's so important also to our community. And then we have another development director. Um, her godson is also a CHD child, and he just turned six. So we really are living and breathing our mission to really make sure that we are focusing and highlighting the full spectrum of life, um, that it's not just cardiac arrests or heart attack or nutrition security, but it does start quite early um, for some cases and some people. So we want to make sure we handle all of them. Okay. And then the, the cardiac heart disease is a genetic issue? Correct. Okay. So just wanted to clarify that because we're also, I mean, we talk about nutrition security. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things, a lot of... Um, chronic diseases mm -hmm. that affect the heart or affect other parts of our systems that are um, directly related to what we eat and what we do or yeah. don't do. And this is the most common birth defect. Um, it's a leading mm -hmm. cause of death um, for the first year of life. And so now that has been something that we just want to make sure that we are constantly monitoring and managing those families and providing them with the resources and tools they need to. So just to digress a little bit again, um, how do people recognize that? Sometimes it's in utero and sometimes it's mm. not. Okay. And for both cases, for our development team, it happened after they were born. So there was something that was different and they were able to manage it and mitigate it at the time of birth. Um, and, and luckily they've got a good, good story and happy ending thus yeah. far. And then, so just to clarify, we've been talking about these four pillars, and a pillar is actually just an area of focus. It's mm -hmm. like what you've decided, uh, you know, through research and, um, being out in the community where the areas um, are most needed in this community. So it might be different in other parts. So you guys handle the whole Gulf Coast. So other communities might have different pillars. But when we talk about pillars, we're just talking about a place that we're, fo that we're focusing it's on It's the here. foundation yeah. of what we do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back. And um, I think we're going to talk about a rock star because we have one in our midst. <laughs> so you'll have to come back to find out who that is because yeah, we have, <laughs> have we given it away yet? Um, this is the Extension Hour. We talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships, and we'll be back right after this break. Hey, this is Wayne Green, your host for Radio Wayne, Spoke and More. Each Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m., I'll be playing folk, singer-songwriter, Americana, blues, bluegrass, classic country, Cajun zydeco, Celtic swing, and whatever else seems to fit. Once again, that's Radio Wayne's Folk and More, every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. 
production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Welcome back. This is Extension Hour. We're talking with Tracy, Emily, and Kristen, and we've talked a lot about um, what the American Heart Association does, why it does it, um, what where the areas of focus or pillars are here in Montgomery County. But now we want to get into a little bit about um, our rock stars. So, um, Tracy, tell me a little bit about why we're talking about this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the really the heart of the Heart Association is our volunteers, mm-hmm. and it's our community. And we're really excited this year at the Montgomery County Heart Ball. It's going to be February fifth of twenty twenty two. We're going to be honoring Kristen Alfin, and the theme this year is the heart of the community. And there's really nobody that I can think of that more represents being the heart of the community, especially for Montgomery County. Kristen has been involved with the Heart Association for many, many years, and I'm going to let her brag on herself a bit, (laughs) Um, but really she's just involved in so many different campaigns and in different ways that we were just, we were honored to honor you. All right, so Kristen, how did you even get involved with the American Heart Association? Oh gosh. Take us back to the beginning. (laughs) The beginning, so when I was born, no. Um, (laughs) You know, I moved to Texas 14 years ago, Mm. and I had the pleasure, and a lot of people in this community know Judy Olson or Judy Larson Olson. And um, when I started working at Wood Forest, you know, she came to me and said, you know what, if you're going to live here, you have to be involved here. And I said, okay. And um, I come from a, you know, just a servant leadership type background and was like, absolutely, what do I need to do? And so she took me to my very first heart ball and I fell in love in all honesty with the mission, the speaker, and this was probably 12 years ago. And you know, what, they did and do in our community is important, not just to myself, but to my children, my parents, my friends, and my neighbors. And it just really caught caught my heart in more words, you know, ways than one. But through that, you know, I think I then started realizing how I was personally affected, you know, through that with um, my mother, my friends, you know, everyone has a story and you start realizing that when you start openly talking about it. And so it just kind of caught on from there and I just haven't stopped. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit about what is your involvement with American Heart Association, American Heart Association <laughs> look like? I mean, obviously, so we've already mentioned current board member and you'll be the honoree past board member, but, but what, is it, what does it really look like for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. No, you know, for me, what it's become is I've become the educator. Um, I've been become someone who can go out and speak to the community, speak to my friends, and really spread that message and help others to spread that message. You know, the normal volunteer stuff, absolutely. Being at the heart walks, being at the balls, the Go Red for Women, you know, all the events take a ton of volunteers, right, mm-hmm. you know, before, after, not just what's on, up on stage. And so being a part of that, but again, for me, it just has always gone back to the education and telling our community what we do, how we do it, and how to save your own life. Yeah. So um, what, how, so what is, um, how does a volunteer make a difference in our community? I mean, you've touched on that a little bit, but expand just a little bit more. Well, you know, I look at probably one of the big things is CPR. And, 
I was introduced to Ron Mullins, who was a longtime volunteer of the American Heart Association. And you want to talk about hands-on? It's hands-on CPR and really mm. going to schools, to the community, out in Market Street, teaching people how to do CPR. You know, I think at one time our, our standby rate was, gosh, so low in Montgomery County that mm. if you were to collapse, it was almost unlikely that someone was going to come to you. And so mm. really getting the message across I think we spent about two years on that and Ron still today continues and we're always asking for volunteers to a learn and then go teach mm -hmm. and so you know again it's a really hands-on experience to be able to do that and then just being out in the community and making people aware you know and with our partners and just talking and helping our partners volunteering for them it's you know it kind of just is a holistic approach here sure. in Montgomery County so do you have a favorite story or a favorite experience Oh gosh. Um, honestly, it was probably watching my husband learn hands-on CPR. Mm -hmm. um, for someone who is military background, you know, to see him at the Heart Ball where they did it one year af outside in the lobby of the Marriott and they said, and just watching him experience that and everybody experiencing it, you know, it was a little personal to me, right? Because it's like, all right, now he knows how to save me and, and I can save him. but. <laughs> Alongside that was my daughter, she's 12, and her learning to do hands-on CPR, it really just kind of catches on, right? Mm -hmm. There's such mm -hmm. an age group that we forget about, and one of those being our younger generation of you teach them, and so just watching as a family us do that together yeah. is probably one of the best. Oh. So Tracy, what is Kristen not telling us? She's not <laughs> bragging on herself. Well. I'm, you mean, you really did kind of cover a lot of it, but what I think what she is missing is how her reach and, and the fact that people, so many people respect you and adore you and what you have to say. So when Kristen speaks and makes a point to discuss something and share her education, um, people listen. And that is just so amazing. And it's so rewarding for us on the other side to have this volunteer connector who's so connected. Um, and really walks alongside us in what we're trying to do for the community. And really, we want that, that rate for CPR is 15% in Montgomery County. That's horrible, you know? And so to, to be a part of the process to create a new generation of lifesavers, that's what's just it's so exciting to be a part of this. Right. And is there something else that you've seen, Emily, about Kristen? Yeah. So, uh, of course, we just met in the last six months uh, when I when I came over. But in those months, just and as you speak now, your passion seeps through, and it is intoxicating to listen to you and listen to everything that you are committed to for not just the American Heart Association, but for your community. And that's what we're so proud of. We love having volunteers, especially volunteers that ignite that purpose and drive our mission and it's invigorating, so. Thank you. So we've mentioned the, the Heart Ball and that Kristen will be the honoree. So tell us a little bit more about the Heart Ball, what it is, and how honorees are selected. Yeah, so the Heart Ball is really uh, the culmination of a year-round campaign, essentially. So we are working all year long to raise funds for American Heart Association, to promote awareness, um, and to promote research. And at the end, we have this grand ball where we really celebrate all the efforts that were done the whole year leading up to it. And when we're looking at who we're going to honor, it, it really is just taking that full body of work of 
of who embodies what we're trying to accomplish in this year. And again, the theme is the heart of the community. And so when we looked at this and we look at all the different campaigns that Kristen's a part of, and she brings not only her company, but her family a part of, um, and then really kind of dig into what this community fabric looks like. That's how we identify who we want to honor and how we want to celebrate. We are really lucky though this year. We've got a great chair, Gus, uh, Justin Kendrick, his CEO, SVP over at Memorial Hermann is, is going to be kind of running the ship this year. And you know, the vision for the, the heart of the community is really going to focus on our hospital partners and celebrating everything they've done this past year. We know everyone is overwhelmed and understaffed and it's a lot. Um, so this celebration is really going to talk about what we're all doing and how we all came together to really make a better Montgomery County. Yeah. And you guys you obviously do more than the heart ball, right? Sure. So you've got um, some community impact, some campaigns that are um, coming up? We do, we do. So in Montgomery County alone, we've got a heart walk that's going to be November 6th um, over at North Shore Park. And then in May, so after the heart ball in February, we have a Go Red for Women luncheon. So we have a lot going on. We've got these three core campaigns, um, and then we have them in the entire Gulf Coast, but it's great to see all three in Montgomery County because we can really kind of meet people where they're at and what they're interested in, whether it's family fun, friendly walks, or it's a formal gala where we're all dressing up, or it's a more kind of light, whimsical luncheon for Go Red. So it really does, I think, create an opportunity for everyone in the community to be involved. And then um, campaigns to support the local work, so the, the four pillars, what, what kinds of things are happening there? Yeah, absolutely. And so as um, being one of our community impact directors, I'll say that's what I'm most passionate about is building up partnerships with our community members and with our clinical uh, partners as well. And so we've been so fortunate to work across Montgomery County and we have so many community partners that drive our purpose and we're able to align our mission with their mission and create work that benefits the community members but also puts a shine on our community partners that do work with us. One of the projects I'm really proud of right now is with Lone Star Community Clinic. We've mm -hmm. been able to help provide about 65000 in funding for their, their clinic and provide blood pressure cuffs so that they can hand it out to people uh, within their clinical population that are at high risk for hypertension or other health disparities as well. And so addressing that by teaching people how to take their blood pressure at home so they know what to look for, they know what the signs are, they understand what the numbers mean. And that is the tricky part because so much of medical terminology is intangible to the average person mm -hmm. and it's just jargon for most people and it's hard to understand. So we wanna break that down so it's accessible to everyone because everyone has health and everyone needs to have the ability to understand their health. And so that's what we like to do with our community partners is to break it down and make it make sense for every single person within the community. Other examples of that is also mm -hmm. working with uh, Interfaith of the Woodlands and their clinic, they do a beautiful job as well in really addressing uh, social determinants of health within their clinic and then also uh, participating in the similar program that Lone Star's in, it's called Target BP. And it's how we try to bring these interventions into the clinic and work with them on what we refer to as our MAP process, 
which is measuring accurately, acting rapidly, and partnering with patients. And it's this ideology that we uh, implement to really help clinicians improve rates of uncontrolled hypertension within their clinics. And there's so many more examples within Montgomery County, uh, and it's hard to count all of them and name them all, but we're really thankful for our different clinical and community partners that we we have in in this area. And so you also mentioned Lone Star Family Health Center and Social Determinants of Health. And one of the things that they're doing, they've got a big grant where they're working on a the social determinants of health and they're having yes. some listening sessions and, and yes kind of yes yeah so uh in addition to to that they they are building out their own social determinants of health coalition mm-hmm. and really trying to speak to that within the community and so uh we've both worked with uh Savitri and faith over at lone star and they're doing a beautiful job in constructing this health equity plan for Montgomery County. And it's been so fun to just see all of these things that you learn in your graduate studies or school and you see the theory of it and they're drilling that and creating practice from it. And they're taking it into our community. And that is so fun to see all of these ideas and things that you've only ever seen in a textbook and they're bringing it home. And to be invited to be a part of that is so fun and so thankful on part of the American Heart Association to have a voice uh, as they build that out. Yeah. And that's one of the examples I think, um, and I, I'm assuming that it's everywhere, but I know this has been my experience in Montgomery County in particular, is those partnerships are so important. So, you know, American Heart Association is doing great things. Texas A&M Agri Life Extension Service is doing great things. Wood Forest is doing great things. But when we all start doing those, and Lone Star Family Health Center, so, but when we all start doing those things together, it just makes it so much more powerful and more impactful because we're all bringing something to the table that helps make it something way better than it would, that any of us could do on our, on our own. Absolutely. I think Partners are the driving force. You can't do it on your own. Collaboration is key, especially when we're trying to increase accessibility to the health of our residents. Mm -hmm. You need partners for that. And you guys raise a lot of money. I mean, that's one of your, the primary focuses, right? So that's, which which makes sense, but you take that money and you put it right back into the community, right back into education. Did you want to talk any more about that? We sure do. So for every dollar raised, $2 comes back into our community. And it being, and I know it sounds odd, but we raise less in here in Houston than what's coming in based on all of our national partnerships. Mm So Houston is the beneficiary of such great work and grants. Our medical center downtown um, really does see the benefit of, of all the dollars raised nationally, right? Um, so we're responsible for about $14 million that comes in, um, and it is just not, it, it, it's hard to kind of wrap our mind around the research grants that come because of everything that we're doing daily. So there's just so much that, that can happen and, mm-hmm. and so much that can be done, and you guys have done a lot of great work, but there's a lot more to be done. Do you have, um, what are you looking forward to? What's the next thing on your your agenda. We're, yeah. we're going to partner together. So that's one yes, that I'm looking yeah. forward to. No, but I'm so not, excited. And that was that. not a leading to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just in general. Are but there others? Certainly our partnership that we're building out with AgriLife is on that list. Uh, but I will say one of the things that I'm most excited about that uh, just 
came into law on September 1st was House Bill 786, and this is telecommunicator CPR. And as we talk about teaching hands-only CPR, this is pivotal in that. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with telecommunicator CPR, this is when you call 911. Someone on the other phone will now be able to walk you through how to perform CPR, even if you've never done it before. And that is so exciting when we talk about creating accessible health. So if you've noticed that someone has collapsed, you can now call 911 and speaking in local terminology, someone at MCHD will, uh, well, they've already been doing it for years, so they are just that uh, shining star example already, but they'll continue to be able to walk you through how to provide CPR over the phone and uh, talk to you about compressions. And Mm -hmm. so uh, being able to go on someone and just ensure that their heart rate is continuing and providing uh, that that hands-only CPR. And so that is so exciting for this community and really drives our work and our mission and being able to teach more hands-only CPR classes across the community and ensure people know how to respond in the event of an emergency. That That is awesome because even after being trained, right, you just like, I don't know what to, when it happens, like I'm not sure that I would know what to do. So to know that I can call mm-hmm. and have someone walk me through and go, oh yeah, now I remember. Mm-hmm. That is so helpful because what we were just talking about the uh, statistics of response in right. Montgomery County previously, like there's your, your chances yeah. of having someone to help are pretty low. So this can help um, increase that. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so we've talked about some great things, and uh, American Heart Association is doing some great things. But one of the things that we want to focus on before we end our show is um, some useful, helpful tips. Like people that are listening, what can they um, apply? So we've talked about, you know, a lot of things in, in general, but what does that mean for me? So if, if I have a heart attack or um, if I'm worried about my health in general or my nutrition security or health as a woman, like what kinds of things... Um, do I need to know? So we're going to take a break, give you a few minutes to kind of think through that. And um, this is what I like to do sometimes is our top 10 list. So you can do like your top 10 of things that you want people to know about taking care of their own health and their own heart. Okay, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. This is Lone Star Radio, and we're this is the extension hour. Where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships, and we'll be right back. Do you want to know what's going on in Conroe? Tune in to Keeping Up With Conroe. Keeping Up With Conroe will highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. Keeping Up With Conroe will air the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and will be hosted by the Conroe CVB staff. Keeping Up With Conroe will highlight Conroe's amazing attractions for residents and visitors. So tune in to Keeping Up With Conroe and join the staff of the Conroe CVB every month on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information about Keeping Up With Conroe and the Conroe CVB, go to visitconroe.com. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Welcome back 
to the Extension Hour. We're talking with Tracy and Emily and Kristen, and we're all about the Heart Amer uh, American Heart Association. I'm just because I'm really excited about this next part. Not that what we haven't, what we've talked about so far hasn't been really helpful, but um, so now class is in session, and we're going to talk about like tips. So we came up with top ten tips for people, things to remember about heart health, and mostly just health in general. So, all right, da -da 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 -da. first one, Emily. Yeah, so I'll say um, our first tip is to know your numbers. So not just knowing your weight, but when you go to the doctor's office to know what uh, your blood pressure is, being able to register it and understand what a healthy blood pressure is, understanding your cholesterol numbers and then your A1C numbers as it relates to type 2 diabetes as well. So yeah, the A1C is like an average of three months of glucose. So right. your glucose may go up and down, but the A1C is, is overall. And you know, we talk about, like we all know, especially the women tend to like, we know our weight, but there's so much more to health. So mm -hmm. what would you guys add to that? No, absolutely. You know, go and purchase, if you can, a blood pressure cuff mm. or go get one that's been donated um, to Interfaith or Lone Star. It, it's so important if you can't go to your doctor at that time to identify what your baseline numbers are, um, make sure you become aware of them. So if you see something, then you can go say something to your doctor um, because you're 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 you know yourself and you know when something's right or wrong mm -hmm. so when we talk about blood pressure what what are we looking at like what's an right what's yeah ideal? i mean it's all going to be a conversation with your doctor right sure, correct everyone's a little different but ideally you want to be about 120 over 80. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that healthy range anything uh above that is probably going to invite the conversation with your doctor to talk about prehypertension and then mm -hmm leading into preventative uh, approaches to ensure that it doesn't turn into something more serious. All right. Okay, so number two, what do we need to do? Uh, tip number two is to move more. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, you know, I think that's something we all take for granted sometimes is just that we have the ability, if we do, to get out and move. And that's as simple as get out and walk to your mailbox, walk around your house, mm -hmm. you know, Anything and everything uh, counts as movement. And so it's just, like she said, get up and move. Yeah. Oh, so one thing I would add, um, Walk Across Texas is a project that we do. So it's an eight-week um, challenge. So it's not a race, but it is um, to encourage people to move more, basically. So um, in eight weeks, it's a team of up to eight people who um, are um, virtually walking together right so you don't have to like actually go out and walk together but you do um, put in your miles online and the goal is to, within those eight weeks to get 832 miles which means it's about 10 to uh, 12 miles per person per week which equates really nicely with CDC's recommendations for 150 minutes of um, physical activity each week and currently we are celebrating our 25th anniversary of walk across texas and so we've got teams from all over texas wow. that are participating way cool and then it's a great way to um also work in some of those other walks that yeah. um happen so you know i'm walking but i'm also doing this so it's one of those those partnership things i love that holds you accountable when you have people to Definitely. With you, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the team. Have you put? Have you put yep. in your miles yet? Have you put in your miles? Our team is behind. <laughs> it's not a race, but it is. It is great motivation. Yeah. It's fun. Right, All right. So. Tip number three. Yeah, I think that leads really well into our third tip, which is to drink more water. Mm -hmm. Why? 
You know, and it's it's so it's so important now, right? You know, when we're going, um, it's so easy. I think with COVID to maybe drink more things that we weren't supposed to be drinking all the time. Um, but water is the one, right? That's like our lifeblood, and it's just the most healthy thing we can do for our bodies and our children, and to make sure that the children have access to that as well, and that we're really making sure that the decisions that we as adults do um, are translating to to the youth, and that they're that they're not bringing a bunch of juice and sodas to school, that they're bringing hydration, they're bringing water bottles and mm-hmm. such. And, you know, speaking of, like, going back to nutrition, sometimes mm-hmm. we think we're hungry when we're really thirsty. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so if you're eating a lot of junk to um, quench that thirst, you're not doing yourself any favors. So try drinking some water Absolutely. first. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Right. So our fourth tip is to get back to your doctor. And as we know, COVID has changed a lot of things for us, including how we do receive health care. A lot of visits have turned to telehealth visits and there's been more hesitancy to get back to your doctor's office because that's where sick people go and COVID could be there. However, a lot of our uh, local practices, they're taking preventative measures to ensure that you're safe. And so when you do go into your doctor's office or if you do go to the emergency room, you'll be safe. They are taking care of you. They're ensuring that your health is their number one priority and they have those measures in place. And so if you're feeling unwell or even that buzz in the back of your head is telling you, maybe I should go, you should go. You should go back to your doctor. And we have seen a lot of people put off things Mm -hmm. and their wellness exams for that fear um, and has exacerbated situations that maybe could have been controlled a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. So we do absolutely want to see our community get back to the doctor. Like Emily said, it's it's safe and they're ready to see you. Um, so please do get back to your doctor. Just get that, uh, know your numbers with them. Um, set that baseline and um, take care of your health. So, and, and just to reiterate on that. So first of all, go to the doctor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of folks, you know, maybe they do find out their numbers and they're like, oh, these are not good. And then I don't want to go back because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear bad news, but the bad news may be better than the bad news that you get later if you don't take care of it. The ostrich effect does not help anyone. When you bury your head in the sand, it does not change the fact that it's happening and your body needs attention. So it's better to know, take the bandaid off, talk to your doctor, and put your health first. All right, good advice. What what do we have next? All right, so that kind of relates to our our sixth tip, which is to know the signs of a stroke. Yeah, we have an acronym for that. We have an acronym for a lot of things, um, but it's FAST. So the first one is F, so face. Take a look at your face, and if you see somebody that has some drooping or something looks a little off, notate that. Um, The second thing is A, and that is arm. So if uh, the arm starts to lose kind of control and also hangs a bit, that is something that we need to kind of acknowledge. S is speech, so if something starts to slur or we're not getting out the words that would sound right, if you can acknowledge it or you hear somebody, that's important. Um, And then the last one is T for time, and it's important and it's imperative to to jump on this and to make that call to 911 and get some help. Right. So F-A-S-T, face, arm, speech, speech, and and time. time. And time means do it fast. Do it fast. (laughs) Right. Fast, which goes back to that. (laughs) 
that's, that's handy. <laughs> right. And so in a similar way, our seventh tip is to also know the signs of a heart attack mm-hmm. and how they're different between men and women. So what does it look like in women? Do you want to take that? Do you remember? No, I'm going to throw so, that over to y'all. <laughs> it's a little different. And it's it's interesting because it's it's some stuff that we overlook really easily. It can be a little bit of nausea. It can be tired. It can be dizziness. Those are things that are common. That's mm-hmm. Tuesday yeah. sometimes yeah. for me. Right. Um, so it's important to, to note that for a woman, you really do need to be very kind of hypersensitive to that kind of the things that feel different and change. Mm-hmm. But for a man, it, it, it is a lot like Hollywood portrays, which is the my heart and the falling back and getting very kind of sweaty and the arm. So there's a very interesting disparity between the perception of what it is for all versus what it is for for a man versus a woman. Right. All right. So what we got next? Right. So then uh, our eighth tip goes to how you provide CPR if you do notice someone is having the symptoms of a heart attack or any type of cardiac arrest or if you find someone unconscious. And so when you are providing CPR and you've made that phone call to MCHD and they're walking you through how to do Haynes-only CPR over the phone, thanks to House Bill 786, you can do it to the pace of staying alive or uptown funk. And that can kind of be how you keep yourself in check to ensure that you're providing it at the pace that someone would need their heart rate to be at. And just to, to add, we don't do mouth-to-mouth anymore, right? So that may be another reason why people don't want to do CPR because, ooh, I don't want to get anything. But you don't you don't have to use your mouth anymore. Right. And so Hands th- only. <laughs> that's our, our ninth yeah. tip. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so perfect segue. And Tracy, do you want to speak on that? Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. People thought that was because of COVID, but we actually went to just hands-only in, in 2008. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is uh, just a misconception. It is hands-only completely. Um, and it's really just keeping the heart going until we can get help there. So the first thing you do is you call 911, even if you know it, so we can make sure that we have help coming. And then they're going to walk you through it and continue to provide um, some support while you're making the compressions necessary. And then what do we have for number nine? Oh, well, that, that oh, one was number nine. So okay. our very last. <laughs> <laughs> we're on number 10 now. So for... Uh, the last bit, um, if you want to get involved or if you want to learn how to provide CPR, we invite you to check out our website. So that's going to be in the description of the radio show uh, that you can find. And that will take you straight to Montgomery County's page, which is specific to everything that we spoke on today, uh, including how to find a local CPR class or how to volunteer with us. We would love to see you join and get involved in the community as uh, we take on our different campaigns. So Kristen, we heard why you volunteer. Why should other people volunteer? Same reasons. Save your own life, save your neighbor's life, save your family's life. You know, real quick on the CPR is if you've got a company, uh, the AHA will come out and they'll do CPR right there for your whole company, um, in the boardroom, in the lobby, wherever, um, have a happy hour. And so I would say just be involved and and learn more. Just educate yourself so you can educate others. Yeah. And volunteering can mean just doing a little bit or just learning about CPR. Absolutely. Yeah. Just sharing something with your neighbor to me is volunteering on behalf of AHA. Most definitely. Thank you guys so much. This has been really good. Good information. Learn a lot about what AHA does because we think, you know, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's heart stuff. They mm-hmm. just keep people healthy. But you guys um, are so active and do so many things and literally save so many lives. Yes. So, thank last you. Last thoughts? Anything else you want to add? Thank you for having us and allowing yes. us to, to share what we do with more people. Yeah, so glad you were here. So, Tracy Van Nordsten. Did I say it? No, I, no. I, I <laughs> bet you did. I am so sorry. Tracy Van Ostrand. And Kristen Alfen. Rhymes with Dolphin. Absolutely. And Emily Gordon, all with the American Heart Association. And I'm Amy Ressler, and this is the Extension Hour. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll be back next week.